Sunday pour back on a Thursday night. Sitting here watching a little Amazon Prime, the demise of Tampa. The Bucks stink. Tom Brady stinks. It's all, it's all coming to an end in front of our eyes. Uh, hasn't been baseball in like a week, so uh, I'm dying over here. I'm just watching that. Steve Nash's coach's last game. At least it should be. Uh, I got Heat, Heat Warriors on in the background. Bucks Ravens. Um, yeah, and you know, I was hoping sports would get us through the end of this month at least, but now uh, I don't know. Well, the demise of Tom Brady is always fun to watch. I mean, that's something that's storyline to watch. That I don't know if you saw the graphic before, like career points versus twenty twenty two points, and like how bad I read the numbers, but just him, Rogers, and Russ all fell off a cliff this year. It's amazing to see. Um, yeah, and we have like all these all these new uh, new quarterbacks. It's their it's their league now. All these young guys, so it's that's fun to see. I am um, enjoying that. Like everyone's, it feels like guys are on their way out. Rodgers, Brady, even though Rodgers just signed a deal. Wilson, who just signed a six year deal. Guy, that's it, it feels that's like not, they're on their way out. They just signed new deals. Oh, there'd be expensive backups for uh, uh, for whoever I don't know six round draft picks they have backing them up, but. Yeah, man. I, I'm i glad there's been no baseball this week because I've been going to bed early every night. I've been going going into work early. It's been a hell of, It's been a rough week. I'm just happy to get to Thursday, happy to get to Sunday poor. So um, I was thinking it's been a hell of a week this week, just busy as shit. It's been crazy, like nonstop at work. And like I was kind of like, uh, you know, just you're like not, not a rut, but you're feeling kind of shitty just working like a dog. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I really love what I do per se. I was like wondering, like, like Nazis, those guys, like, were there Nazis who just like fell into a life like that was ended up being their career, like didn't really yeah. love it, but they ended up just like following the crowd, like ah, I gotta go into work again today, and really um, wanted to be a dentist. I really know, wanted, like, to, yeah, exactly. Kirby the elf. All right, but it's like you know, you'd think to do that kind of work, you'd have to really love it. You think it had to really be dedicated to that line of work. But then maybe well, there's just some like random German schmo who just kind of fell into it and was like, oh, geez, gas chambers again today. Is today gas day? Like, geez, like, I don't want like all the paperwork that goes with it. Oh, number 14,000 and 14,129. Oh, I don't know how they did it. I don't, I don't know if they had to like keep records of that. I mean, everybody, everybody got tattooed, so they had to keep records, right? Why tattoo them if you didn't have them on the books? At least he's yeah, I imagine it, being know. the bookkeeper, yeah. Ugh. And I had to cook the books. I have no pun intended. You had to cook the books. Um, right? Because you didn't want to you didn't want when you got busted, you didn't want to know. You don't want people to know what you did. Right, but did it matter if you like killed one person versus a, a million? No, but I mean I guess not. But I guess when the when when uh the empire as it were, came crashing down. You kind of wanted to hide that stuff. You don't want to know. You don't know the extent of your crimes, whether it's one or fifteen million. You don't want to. You don't want to know the extent of your crimes. You know, not even Hitler. You think? I don't know, man. The guy killed himself. That's the thing. Like, he's not really going down with the ship. I guess I can't take Nazis probably not. Seriously. Probably not out of the remorse, though. He probably he did it because he was about to get caught. 
Right. That's why I can't take Nazis seriously, man. Him and Goebbels. Goebbels killed himself, his wife, and his kids, like his daughters, like scumbag. And like it's it's going out the ship. You you know, you you made your bed and I'll sleep in it. Like you don't you don't want to be if you felt what you were doing was so right and so justified, you should have played your case in front of the court. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That would have been must see TV. Right. Yeah, so that's why I imagine being exist. Hitler's defense attorney. <laughs> That'd be brutal. Would he hire uh, Johnny Jew? Cochran? Would he no, hire <laughs> Jew lawyer? <laughs> Probably, he'd have to, right? You'd have to find, you had to find the best. Jewish uh, and that, that, would like, add, that would add new meaning to like the term slime ball lawyer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm there's somebody out there who would take it. Oh yeah, I mean you gotta high profile case like that. Sure, you you can plead them down to like eighteen life sentences instead of yeah. two hundred and fifty life sentences. No, he's not getting manslaughter for the <laughs> Holocaust. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, yeah, just justified manslaughter. Can you do that? Manslaughter, self defense. I don't think so. Yeah, but I'm sure there's so there's just like grunts on the like the. Like those guys who are busting their hump every day, going and doing the work, just because they didn't have any other way to make a living, they weren't smart enough to do anything else. And it was like the whole the war comes crashing down, and they see like Hitler's killing himself, Goebbels killing himself, like multiple big time Nazis are offing themselves, and these guys are just like shit. Like, well, I I've been coming here to work for eight years. I thought about this, but I'm like, no, I got a family to. Support like I'm not going to kill myself, and these guys kill themselves the minute the minute that the the, the, the uh, heat gets to be a little too much. I don't know, man. I still feel like yeah. those guys are criminals, but I also feel like I feel like there's probably guys in there who are like uh, just did not want to go in every day, but they had no choice. Because like, what can you do? You can't you you can't like you can't be part of the resistance if like you have no other way to make a living. Right. I'm not trying it's to make excuses. It sounds like I'm making excuses for now. No, I've thought about this for like back in like a slave days, like Civil War times. Like how many white people had slaves who were like, this is fucked up. What the fuck are we doing here? Well, I think the people I think the people who thought it was no, I don't think people thought it was fucked up, but I thought I think there's people who I had to be like one or two. Well, they but I think they treated the people that they owned better than other people. I mean, you still owned a person, so it's not pretending like they were doing anything noble by being nice to them. Like the least you yes. do is be nice to the person that you're forcing to live with you and do your, your work. Title title is still slave owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You're not a slave friend. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I just assume it was just like the norm. So and some people were assholes and some people were a little more gentle. Oh, Brady got Brady slid and got drilled a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, I'm on the computer, so I'm way behind. Um, Let's see, third and ten. Jeez, oh, Brady's taking off, man. Things are. Yeah, it's not good. Is he politicking for the call? Thought about you- it. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I you wonder in that situation where it's the norm, and like, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. So it's the norm back then 
whether it's being a Nazi or being a slave owner. I go, is there somebody, is there somebody who had the courage to be like, I can't do this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. We're find another way. Because I think no, because couldn't couldn't Hitler? Oh, we're talking about slave owners now. Well, no, or Hitler, or Hitler, yeah. Hitler could just dispose of you, like if you were insubordinate to him. Yeah, no, just yeah, you kind of feel like tattoo you and put you in your the life. Chain. Your life might be in danger. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're to a re- slave, if you're a slave owner back then, same thing. It's like, what are you gonna do? It's like trying to leave a gang. Like, there's no retirement plan. It's there's two ways out of this. Right, it's kind of like the mafia. People fall into the mafia. People fall into gangs. Yeah, they just you know hang out with the wrong crowd. Maybe like I, hey, you you end up in uh, on one job, and then all of a sudden you're in it. Mm-hmm. And there's no getting out. Yeah, I feel not like qualified to do anything else. And th- hey, I don't know how this. I mean, I was my mind was wandering a bit today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go down this. And uh, as far as like. Owning the slaves, like it, it might have been very convenient for these people to be like, you know what, it's not right, but I can't do all that work. I'm still, right. I'm not going out there tomorrow morning and do all that shit. Right. I can't cook. Maybe the next generation. We'll yeah, I wonder if the, if any of them were like, this shit's gonna eventually end, right? Like, it's not my life. Like, that's, that's 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 not my problem. I won't be around for that. Yeah, somebody else's problem. You it's like us with us with climate change, not our problem. <laughs> oh, we recycle. We're not as bad as some people we know. We still recycle. Right. I don't think the sun's going to explode in our lifetime, though. No, we're still. I think we're billions of years away for that. Or at least, at least, a, at least a bill. Billion. Al Gore had like twenty twenty two. We were all done. Oh, the, but the sun exploding is still ways away. Oh, the sun exploding. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the science behind why the sun would explode, but uh. I think it just sounds fucked spinning. up. Yeah, oh, where it's gonna get bigger. I think so. It's like a tire in the summer. Doesn't your tire expand in the summer? Mm. Is that the or is that the winter? Uh, contracts in the winter, expands in the summer. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the same science behind the sun, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. But that's years away. We need to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show if we could go over that. Right. Well, is there anything possible you could do to stop the sun? I don't think so. I think it's going to happen regardless. That's fucked up. I have a, I have a feeling we'll have been extinct for a long time by the time that happens. Yeah, we'll like, fuck shit up way before the sun yeah. does. Yeah, it's just going to be a, the earth is going to be very quiet and alone. It's going to be like a tree in the forest, the sun. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It'll just be a world of corpses and cockroaches and old iPhones in the ocean. Twinkies, yeah. And Twinkies, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, sun will destroy that. Elon Musk took over Twitter, speaking of the future, right? Officially? Is that official? I think, yeah, he fired a bunch of like a bunch of high-level people at Twitter. Oh, I did read that, yeah. I got I that's so weird. I thought it was over. I thought like he wasn't doing it. I thought the deal fell through, and that was it. And then today, it was like, oh, Elon Musk was in the offices of Twitter with a sink. Yeah, he, he walked sink. in with a sink, and he was, and he tweeted, "Let that sink in," which like terrible joke. Not even 
close to being clever. Oh, he funny. walked in with a sink. With a sink, yeah. Oh, I thought like sink was like a name for like assistant or something. Like, no, <laughs> I like when you said that, I pictured him walking in with like a gimp, like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like, what do you mean he walked? What's a sink? Oh, that would have been sink. that would that would have been incredible. He walked in with the gimp from Pulp Fiction. That would have been a sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. Talk oh, about Nazi- s- let that sink in. Talking about Nazis. <laughs> Man. Yeah, Which- so that was his joke. And then I, I, I was like, what? What? And then hours later, it was like, it's official. He took, took over Twitter. I don't know what any, uh, of this, no idea what any of this means. But people are excited about it. it I mean, it means nothing to me. I, I, who cares? What's going to change? I don't know. Trump maybe I also, back? Well, okay, Trump comes back. But, like, what I use Twitter for is not going to change. But I also use Twitter for, like, the bare minimum. That Well, there'll be more features, I guess. He's going to do some shit with that. I probably won't use many of them. Like, I use Twitter for, like, the Yankee lineup. You know? <laughs> like, shit like that. Like, I'm not using it to start fucking riots in D.C. No. No, no, no. We're not organizing on Twitter. No. So for me personally, it won't change. I'm sure for some people, they will get uh, they'll get all nice and excited over it. I don't understand the excitement over it though. I don't. I don't see who owns it and what. Why that makes a difference. I really don't. Like I don't know if I'm just being naive or willingly naive, but I just don't. I don't understand it. Me neither. I mean, if you like Twitter, okay, you could stay on there. Maybe Elon's gonna. Bring your boy Trump back. And if you don't like Twitter, or if you don't say you're like, I can't put up, be on the same platform as Donald Trump, then no one's making you stay on Twitter. You could leave Twitter. Trump's on his it's, own platform, though, too. Truth or something. Yeah, but I mean, how many people are really on that? <laughs> diehards. Diehards are on there. Yeah, that's a that's a cult following. If I ever, if I ever saw one. I mean... I don't know. I mean, Trump is like the obvious thing that he would bring back, but like, what else? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Mom, I don't have the innovative mind that Elon Musk does, so I don't know what he's going to do. Edit button? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people... Like, I've never been on Twitter and been like, you know, it would be better right now. (laughs) It just, it, it is what it is, you know? The only improvement that you can make to Twitter is getting off of Twitter. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I've been on, if you're on for like three minutes, you're like, oh my God, I'm wasting so much time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, for sure. Or you're just, you have diarrhea and you're, you're sitting down for a while. That's really Oh, weird. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Twitter is a very toxic place, but I mean, you don't have to subject yourself. To no, much. exactly. That's why you just, you know, it's like, oh, this is miserable. Why am I doing this myself? You, you some, know, sometimes I do though for fun. Well, yeah, no, I know. But it's like, so tonight we went to McDonald's for dinner. My son's birthday, we had McDonald's. <laughs> and like, now I remember why I haven't had McDonald's and I'm sober in a long time. I'm like, oh, this is really, this is the Twitter uh, dinner. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like out of body experience having that sober. It was. I now I know, now I know why the episode of uh, Family Guy, when Peter had a stroke, now I know why they chose a fast food burger place it made total sense oh did you feel a little strokey after you had a burger oh yeah stop making <laughs> fun of me yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's more of a feeling you reserve for the morning, but by then it's like you're hungover. There's a lot of shame and regret and blackout you're dealing with. So, yeah, having it sober is a strange, it's a strange experience. All right, on Thursday, Musk wrote a message intended to reassure advertisers that social messaging services wouldn't evolve into a free for all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. The, here's a quote. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right-wing and far left-wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. All right. I mean, it sounds like... uh... Sounds like the right idea. I, yeah, I, I don't know if he's equipped for it. People on the left don't seem to like him very much. I mean, that if that's his actual mission statement, I have no. I personally have no problem with it. But people on the left, I don't think trust him. People on the left, people on the left are very quick to point anybody who is a little bit. I don't even know if it's like in the center or right of center or just to the right of them and calling them extremists. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I've not studied Elon Musk enough. I'm not a big Elon Musk fan. Don't be wrong. Yeah, I really don't know what his political beliefs are. I know he's like free speech guy, but I mean, I couldn't tell you where he stands on like abortion. I don't really like him, like personally. No, he's a he's a doofus, like for sure. Here's the thing: I don't like anybody who wants to go to Mars. Like, we got this fix we have here. If you have the technology to go to Mars, I would think you have the technology to kind of fix the problems we have here. There's nothing on Mars. Exactly. So you're we have way to... more shit here. Exactly. As I'm saying, like you're gonna go there and try and civil civilize a place that can't be civilized. Like, let me know on... the. Let me know when you grow something, like the first thing you grow, and then we'll have a discussion. I'm still yeah. not going. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest decision of my life. I'm not yeah. going to Mars. Well, yeah, I mean, shit. I yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not a big. Yeah, he's all for show with that SpaceX stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. The self-driving cars. I hate self-driving cars. I'll never drive a self-driving car. So the self-driving car, you're in the driver's seat, but it's driving for you? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to be, like, moderate. You're kind of the supervisor. You can't like, take it. not supposed to, like, take a nap. You're, like, the, driver, the driver's ed teacher, basically. The brake is there just in case. Right, and the wheel, just in case you have to save. Yeah, but yeah, that's your. That's a great analogy. You are just, you're living your life as a driver's ed teacher. And they're electric, right? Yeah, it's electric. I don't mind electric cars. That's, uh, that's we, as far as I'm concerned, we should be trying to limit the amount of gas we put out there, so. I'm not smart enough to give you the the electric versus gas. I mean, I know electric's better for the environment, but I couldn't tell you the pros and cons for each. Well, electric is, I think the con for electric is like running out of, like running out of battery. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's running out of gas, but at least running out of gas, there's a gauge, like the battery could just die sometimes. Like if you've ever had a computer that just fucking died for no reason or a watch or anything that just fucking right. dies. You don't, you don't want your car to die on the highway. Yeah. yeah. And then plus just like, something very cool and American about just that big sound of an engine. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say gas station. <laughs> the, well, gas station. Scratch-offs. 
<laughs> you can still get your scratch offs. There's a in, in town. There's a new twenty four hour. I mean, you can tell baseball season's over because we're all over the place. But there's a new twenty four hour like market that just opened up. Uh-huh. And every morning I drove by there this week. There was the guy that I assume the owner because the same guy every day just sitting at the counter, like arms folded, looking out the window, and nobody parking, nobody going in there at all. I don't drive that way at night, so I don't know if there's anybody at night. But thing is, like up the street from him is an older, like scummier place that just looks like the like the lotto and cigarettes place that everybody stops at on their way to work or on their way home from work. So I don't know. Like this place looks a little nicer, brighter, shinier, cleaner. I'm not sure that the people that he wants going in there. I think they have a place. I think they think they got their spot. That's the t- it's a tough market to corner. I'm a dude. I'm a creature habit. I have been going to the same gas station for years. It used to be like right down the street from my girlfriend now wife's house, and I yeah. still go to that same gas station. And it's not. I mean, it's not around the corner. It's not quite out of the way. I could, like, get on it. I could get there, like, on the way to work. Mm-hmm. I would just have to get on, like, a different exit. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just like the setup. I like kind of going there in off-peak times where there's no – not a lot of cars. That's my spot. You know your parking spot. You know the guy who's behind the counter. and You're just comfortable there. You're not yes. going to another place. Yeah, I get it. There's some gas stations I fucking hate the setup. Hate it. Yeah, yeah. There's some I'd rather not go to. It could it could just be getting into and out of it, like driving wise. It could into and out of it's very easy. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying that could be that could be the downfall of a place is just you don't like having to leave the parking lot or like getting in the parking lot. The parking's confusing, not confusing, yeah. but annoying or whatever. Like that that can turn you off from the place. And then you get to the inside of the place, you might not like the inside of the place. There's you know a lot that goes into it. There's a lot. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, if you get if you go to the same guy and get your numbers, the only reason you would not go there is if you just feel like you need to change your luck. Yeah, that's part of it. But in reality, I just like the setup. And you know, I, and I, how often do you play numbers? Do you play numbers at all still, or not really? Not not too often. If I if I do, it's when I get gas though. Like it's you know. Because I pay cash. For, it's one of the only things I still use cash for regularly is gas. Mm, okay. So, you know, I have 40 bucks on me. I may go gotcha. 35 in the tank. Gotcha. <laughs> well, nothing that makes you want to play a number like filling your tank. Like oh, that, yeah. Like it'd you be, fill your tank, yeah. It would be so much easier if I just find one power bill. <laughs> and the best, it doesn't happen very often uh, these days with the prices, but if you ever overshoot it, like at the very beginning of COVID, when gas was cheap. Oh yeah. Like I, I remember giving the guy like twenty five. Yep. And I, and I think I hit like twenty, twenty three, maybe. So like two dollars <laughs> after, and you know yeah. you're going in. You're not going to take two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're spending that. <laughs> you got to spend that on a number. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so. We're on five yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five dollars. Yeah. Dollar straight yeah. two times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel for the guy. Um, there's no way I'm going there in the morning. Although I should get a cup of coffee there one day. Just, yeah, you know, just to see how the coffee is. It's just a little too bright in there. 
The other place is darker, murkier. This place is like shiny. Looks like a fucking casino. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if they do Kino there. That'd be big. Yeah. That's a, that's a plus, being able to throw a Kino ticket in there. Mm-hmm. Have you... Uh, we were talking about cult followings before. Have you seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? I have not. Been around 47 years. You got time. Well, the thing like with that, it's like a, an event show like you gotta see a midnight showing of it at some weird theater everybody dresses up they have like in the middle of the movie everybody like has a certain reaction to the scenes you gotta like you know do the noisemaker or blow a whistle well, or cheer like, i don't know what it is like, there's a i whole... mean i i watched it this week i just did it on my couch i didn't have to do all that but that's, not, I mean, that's what that that's what that movie is though i mean i can't imagine it's any good i can't imagine it's any good like on its own it's not, but I could appreciate the uh, the lasting power and like the iconic, um, whatever you want to call it, like the iconic uh, value it has with like a certain, a very small group of people. We, it, it's you, it's something like you had to be there. Yeah, no, I understand that, but I also I think like part of it is like the crowd participation shit. I really do. Like, I, it's just like one of those weird things. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I, that's why I never, I've, I, that's not why I've never seen it. But whenever I think of that movie, I, I think of like, I think of seeing it in a theater with yeah. a crowd of people that have seen it 50 times. Well, as we speak down in New Haven, Barry Bostwick, who is uh, Brad Major, is the main character in it, Susan Sarandon's husband, fiance, I think he is. Mm hmm. He's they're showing it at the Schubert Theater tonight, and oh. he's there. He's there for it. There's probably some pictures from down there. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I take a look on Twitter, but uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people dressed up and yeah. like to yell out the the lines and act out the the the, uh, the scenes and like the songs and stuff. So I I appreciate what like those campy type movies do. Like that's not what's his name, right? This is the guy with the thin mustache. Just not that guy. He did. He did like a bunch of shock movies. He did uh, Cry Baby with Johnny Depp. Oh, di- oh no, no, no! I don't think so. It's not him. But I appreciate. I forget all, who the director is. But I appreciate all those movies in 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 the sense that like they kind of pushed what you could do like in a movie. Like I like that kind of shit. Like I don't necessarily like what they do. I mean, I can't, I've never seen all these movies either, so I can't say for sure. But I know it's not necessarily my thing. But I appreciate the fact that they kind of push the limits and push expectations, like for what what's expected in a movie. Like, I like that kind of stuff. I respect them for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the and the crazy thing about this movie is it developed a cult following almost instantly. Some movies like bomb at the box office, and mm-hmm. then maybe five, 10, 15 years later, they catch mm-hmm. on. Maybe with like DVD sales or something. If it was like a nineties movie, mm-hmm. this movie. They started showing it at midnight almost a year after it opened because they found out that people – so it was doing kind of well at the box office, but they realized it was the same people coming back to see it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it just struck a chord with a certain group of, I don't know, misfits maybe because that's kind of what the movie is. Sure. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I 
it's never going to click with me necessarily, but I had, I had seen parts of it. Like, you, you know, like the suggestive sex scenes in it with Curry. Oh, okay. See, I knew all about those scenes. I'd seen those scenes. I'd seen bits and pieces, but this was the first time I'd ever watched it all the way through. The pre- the point of the movie, besides like pushing the boundaries and I mean, they really go after it. Like yeah. the Tim Curry's character is opening song that he does when you first see him on camera is he says he's uh the chorus is i'm a i'm a transvestite from transsexual transylvania or something i think oh, that's right. the core it's a, tongue, it's a real tongue twister yeah oh, hey. um, yeah, i'm sure a lot of tongue twisting <laughs> in that movie <laughs> but the other point of the movie i guess was to poke fun at like the the sci-fi horror genre from like the 30s 40s and 50s okay yeah yeah, because the movies were so like cheesy yeah yeah i guess like if you grew up with uh you know texas chainsaw massacre Mm -hmm. for example i don't know if you're gonna be able to watch like dracula from the 30s it's almost like comes off as like a spoof comedy in those horror movies yeah yeah you gotta you really have to be like a student of a film to appreciate yes. those movies because it's not it's not quite the same. No. So I guess that was their point. And I guess, you know, they Rocky Horror Picture Show didn't start the term cult following, but it was that was like the peak mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that term, cult following. Yeah. So yeah, that was my like research this week. I watched it and kind of mm-hmm. read about it a little bit. Um and there, and I because the reason I watched it because I saw Barry Boston was going to be in town. Okay. In New Haven, right. 77 years young. Okay. Uh, I guess, I don't know, doing a Q&A after, before it. Who knows? That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Meatloaf is in it. Meatloaf makes a little appearance. Really quick. All right. The guy I'm thinking of is John Waters. Huh. Yeah, he did... He, he did um, He's very like uh, these are all things I've never seen these movies, but like there's a movie where somebody eats like shit, and they don't <laughs> not, they don't fake it, but it's like, but he did Cry, Cry Baby was with Johnny Depp, and yeah, right, right, right. I think there's a porn star in it too. I forget what her name was. Mm. It's like the late eighties. Yeah, I think it was like eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh, ninety. Um, it's Johnny Depp, Iggy Pop, Ricky Lake is in it. Oh, Tracy Lords, Ricky Lake, yeah, Ricky Lake show. Oh, yeah, Brady's running again. Oh, oh, cry, touchdown, cry, uh, touchdown, Bucks. Cry Baby is a film star. Johnny Depp is a 50s teen rebel. Uh, but coming back, group of delinquents refer to themselves as drapes. Subculture in the fifties. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so this was the. What was the point of this movie? This one, I think, is his most. Did not do well at the box office. I think that's like his best, like not most successful, but like I think it's like the most revered movie. Oh, this guy, John. I know John Waters. Yeah, it became a cult classic and spawned a Broadway musical of the same name. He also did hairspray. Yeah, too. hairspray. Yep, yep. This guy's acted too. He's what has he been in? Um, hairspray. Let's see what. 
He was he was in Jackass number two. <laughs> I don't know if I know him from that. Maybe definitely possible. He was in some TV shows. Uh, none as like the none as like the main guy. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Know. yeah, how much Cecil be demented? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has a, his uh, filmography here as a. Uh, you got to kick a field goal hole here if you're Tampa. You got to stay in the game. Brady Spike in footballs. Let's see, he was in Seed of Chucky, Jackass. Yeah, Jackass number two. That might be the only one on here I've seen that he's been in. Yeah, none, like of, these, none of these TV shows. Like these are all movies. Like I'm. Just not interested in spending my time with necessarily, but I love the fact that he did just kind of challenge what you could do. Like, just he did what he wanted, you know what I mean? Maybe not even yeah. challenging the norms, which we know he did, but, but just kind of doing what he wanted to do and made the movies he wanted to make. And I always respect that shit. So, whether it was him or the Cohens or Ed Wood, you know, like all those guys just put what they want on film, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you um? Is, go ahead. What do you, what do you give it? Like, what do you what do you would you watch it again? Would you would you do you see yourself going to the theater? I'm sorry, no. you go tonight. Would you, <laughs> would you delayed the, delayed the show to go to the theater tonight? Uh, maybe if Susan Sarandon was there. <laughs> She's a little, a little older now, but you know, I pre I appreciate greatness when I see it. Fair enough. Um, no, I mean. It, if I caught it on TV, would I stick around for a scene? There are some funny parts, but uh, it's just one of those movies that kind of, you know, it wasn't it wasn't for me. Yeah. Okay, before my time, you never didn't think of shutting it off at all during it. Like you weren't like ah, you knew what nah. you were getting into when you were down for the cause. Oh, I I knew it was a ridiculous movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I knew it. I don't know if my wife necessarily did because she said like more than halfway and this is the worst movie I've ever seen and I was like that's <laughs> that's kind of the point it's not exactly the point but it's kind of the point it's not yeah. you know it's not uh not gonna win an Oscar <laughs> that, yeah that goes to my whole thinking like it's the experience more than the movie itself the movie I could not even tell you the plot it's I mean they're it's a first of all it's a musical they're busting at the song every two seconds <laughs> the, the I mean, I don't even know the plot. At the end of the movie, the the castle that they're in takes off and goes back to Transylvania. <laughs> Tim Curry uh, gets shot with a laser. Fucking spoilers. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know why exactly. <laughs> How he creates, um, some, you, he creates some blonde boy toy halfway through the movie. It's did like, you, did you do any like self prep for the movie? Like how? No. How inebriated were you? Oh no, no, there was no uh, prepping. I was thousand percent sober. It was a Tuesday night. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, crazy me for thinking you would. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was uh, there was no prepping. That that may be how I do the movie next time if if there is a next time. Okay, I've actually found that this is not that this is technically a scary movie. This is more of a comedy slash horror, but like. You know, on Comcast, they have Halloween movies, right? There's like 8,000 free ones to choose from. Yep. I find myself leaning on like the same five every year that are good. I'm not a, I'm not a horror guy. I don't really like horror movies that much. Yeah. But like the ones I do like, 
those are the ones like shining ob that's an obvious one yeah watched the exorcist last week for the first time since i was probably a kid wow i mean that's cool i don't know when the last time you saw that movie was it's been since i was a kid i went in like oh man you know i, I remember like being really like not traumatized but like oh, this is fucked up this movie i watched it probably 20 to 25 years later and like yeah. i came away being like that this is fucked up it's, <laughs> it is fucked up that movie man <laughs> there are some scenes unlike the, the shining is more of a psychological thriller the shining is like you know a blueprint on how to build tension without really doing too much like he's sitting oh, yeah. at a typewriter and you're like what the fuck yeah this movie builds tension but there's some scenes that are just Twisted, with, yeah. with Linda, yeah, yeah, crucifix, and sh- it's just, it's, uh, yeah. You ever seen the real different? You ever seen any of the Rob Zombie horror movies? Nah, House I know people who corpses? I know people who swear by them. I, I mean, maybe at some point, but it doesn't seem like my type of freaky. I don't man. like. I don't like is... gore. Is it like gorgeous for the sake of gore? Uh I don't know. I I I want to say no, but. It's also just like, it's also just, it's got, I don't want to say shock value st- type stuff. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, I thought it was, I saw it in college. I thought it was scary. Like I'm going you know, to end up nightmares. I wasn't going to sleep over it, but like, I thought it was scary when I saw it. Oh, I'm sure it, these movies are scary. Yeah. I don't think it was gore just for gore though. I could be wrong. I would, I, I think the first one was House of a Thousand Corpses. I, I, I have no, I have no desire to watch them again. I remember being uncomfortable in like the scenes. Like I don't like, like I don't want to do that again. Like it was great when it happened, but I don't want to relive that. You know what I mean? Yeah. With most of those scary movies, like I, I never even sat down and watched a, a whole Jason movie or Freddy Krueger or no, Michael wanna, Myers. I've seen, I've seen a couple Halloween movies. I saw, I saw one of those Halloween movies in the theaters. Okay. Um, like a I'm recent one? Or the 20, like two, I think it was the year 2000. Like 1998 it came out. The 20th anniversary one. Oh, okay. Um, all right, I'll say a quick break. We'll do, we'll do a little more in horror when we come back. All right. I right, just, I will say about horror, like, not my favorite genre, but it does have, like, there are some interesting movies there that I definitely want to see. Like, I feel like, the Jason Freddy movies, like those are a different kind of horror, like than the seventies, like check Texas Chainsaw, and even going back further, like Night of the Living Dead and that kind of stuff, like a little bit different than those. Mm-hmm. Hill had the, the Hills Have Eyes, shit like that. But like the Freddy and Jason stuff, that feels like gore for gore's sake. Even like Scream, Scream's like a different Screaming. I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Although I think, I think I know you those... did like a pretty good movie. Like that was, I don't mind Scream, and I know you did last summer. I look at those more as teen, like blockbuster movies. They made a they made horror teen blockbuster out of them. That's correct. Yeah, right. And I also was a I mean I was a preteen, but I was like ninety six, like oh, eleven, made twelve. For made for made me. for me. Prime yeah. time. That movie comes out nowadays. Or if I'm like forty back mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety six, I like I'm not watching Scream probably. Unless you're a horror fan. Then I think you. Oh, if you're a horror fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a horror movie back then that came out that I hated that huge buzz. 
Blair Witch Project. Hate Blair Witch Project. I never Hate saw it. I never saw it because I think it got ruined for me. That was like the first spoiler alert ruiner right there. Like internet, see, like yeah. I don't know if the internet ruined it or somebody at school ruined it, but I was like, I was I didn't want to see it because once I found out it wasn't real, that took away a little bit of the allure for me. I was one of the first I wish we had a podcast in nineteen ninety nine because I was the first fucking event, person who's like Yeah, I was the first fucking person who's like, no, it's a fucking movie. It's not it's it was, real. Was it it wasn't even good though, or was it even was it not even good? No, it was it wasn't good, no. It was just a bunch of assholes in the woods, shitty camera. And then, like, at the end, like, the whole kicker is uh, I think there's, like, somebody standing in the corner. It's supposed to be, like, something. And that's, like, a dead giveaway. Like, what do you think that is? You think it's a real zombie that they caught on fucking camera? And people were trying to, like, convince me, like, 13-year-olds, which I was, trying to convince you that it's real. And it's like, nah, man. It's like selling tickets to a fucking movie, man. There's a trailer. <laughs> but like you're saying, like, what, like, you're talking about building tension. Like, didn't even build tension. Like it wasn't even that good. Like you weren't on the edge of your seat at any point during it. I I found it to be very corny. Okay, all right, that's fine. I have no I have no idea. I have none. If it's I already been ruined for you. So. Yeah, it was ruined in 1999 or 1998, whatever. Yeah. If I were to go and watch, because I I I'd like to watch at least during this time of year, I like to watch like a horror movie I've never saw before. It could be like a Freddy or a Jason movie or. Or uh, Final Destination. You ever see any of those? Yeah, I don't like those. They're a little gimmicky for me. I've seen yeah. them. They're a little gimmicky. I, wa- I watched the fifth one last night, just not even seeing the... F- I saw the first one way back when, but I haven't it's seen two through four. I don't think there's any like Easter eggs. Oh, there <laughs> is an Easter egg, but it's back to the first one. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe they just ran out of ideas. I don't think it was an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, it it's a little out. too gimmicky. Yeah, it's not for me. That's like, it was like 85 minutes and it was late, so okay. just all banged right. it out. That that's kind of gore for the sake of gore, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's all that it definitely is. is. Just filming weird death scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I go to something that's like from the 70s. I think I try and find something like that. You know, uh, I mean the best to me the best modern day, and it's not even really modern day anymore. Is Saw. Yeah, I know you're a big Saw guy. I love the first saw is I got fantastic. I got a DVD of cult horror movies. I don't think I've ever watched any of them on here. Hang on one second. I'm gonna read them off to you, see if any of them pique your interest. All right, go ahead. Saw Saw's fucking awesome. Carrie L's. Who else is in that? Low budget. Not trying to be too I think I know I think I know why I got this too. But uh, right with my Night of the Living Dead DVD. That's an excellent movie, Night of the Living Dead. That's an old school one. What year is that from? Uh, Living Dead is from 1968. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's see if I have that on there. That's like very political. Like it's, I mean, I think, oh, really? I think a lot of, I mean, the messages, it's not. It's not political, like it doesn't overtly say this stuff, but I mean the messages. Um like the Dahmer. Did you see the Dahmer series? I got very political. I did not. So the uh the I think the reason I got 
this. This is 15 film horror cult classics. Uh, I think I, The Night of Living Dead is here, which, whoops. Uh, but it has House on Haunted Hill, which is Vincent Price. But it's got Little Shop of Horrors. Have you ever seen that one? That's Rick Moranis? It's uh, Jack Nicholson. What am I thinking of with Rick Moranis? I don't know. Yeah, there's something with Rick Moranis, too. Is he, like, in a spoof of that movie? Is there multiple Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, Rick Moranis. Is he in it with Jack Nicholson? Uh, Rick Moranis just retire? He's been retired, yeah. Oh, so Jack Nicholson's in the 1960 version of Little Shop of Horrors. Rick Moranis is in the 86 version. That's a musical, right? I have no idea. I think it's a musical. Yeah, the 86 one has Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, uh, Jim Belushi, wow. Bill Murray. Wow, John Candy. Must wow. be like small roles for those guys. Directed by Frank Oz. Well, this, this, this 15 cult classic has a bunch of Vincent Price. Oh, another Jack Nicholson one. The Terror. Lieutenant Duvalier, Jack Nicholson, is smitten with a mysterious woman he meets, but becomes suspicious of her creepy demeanor as she drives him to the brink of madness. Mm. Boris Karloff is in it. Wow, that's an old school horror right there. And then it has movies like The Devil Bat, Bella Lugosi, Lady Frankenstein, Piranha, White Zombie, The Bat. I mean, there's great titles. The Last Man on Earth, Dead Men, Dead Men Walk, Maniac. Maniac, yeah, it's a good title for Carn- Carnival of Souls, Silent Night, Bloody Night, Christmas Horror Classics, uh, The Satanic Rites of Dracula. All right. I probably paid four dollars for this. And that ha- it has all those movies on there, yeah. Wow, it's well, a it's, a bunch, it's a bunch of DVDs, yeah. But I'm always looking for like cheap. I mean, you see my DVD collection. I'm always looking for cheap DVDs, little gems. Uh, I do have Night of the Living Dead, yeah, on HBO Max. It looks like people hide in a house from walking corpses. Yeah, that's it. It's right in the title, I guess. Yep. So, all right. Well, I got to change the subject to, from horror, from fake manufactured horror to real horror, and that is, uh, I just want to check in with you. It's been a couple of days since the end of the Yankee season. I just want to check in with you, see uh, where your where your personal temperature is on Yankees baseball. Just uh, you know what you've heard through the, what you've been hearing through the week. You know, Hal, Boone, Cash. It's tough. Uh, Just where are you? Where are you a couple of days uh, removed from? It's it's tough because it's what do you what do you believe? You know, do you believe Andy Martino? 
this SMY guy who said more than one player told his agent that, you know, this week, what did it say? It was, it was especially brutal playing at Yankee Stadium this weekend. And more than when he says the exact quote, I think, is more than one player, which tells me it was two players. Yeah. yeah. So if it's more than two, it'd be several players. Or <laughs> okay. A, a yeah. few players. So I'm like, I'm speculating there, but I believe maybe he has a little bit of journalist integrity. So he, he put the he put the phrase more than one. So it tells me two guys complained to their if it, if that story is even true, maybe I'm giving the guy too much credit. What is it about? Because of the crowd? I think they said last week, yeah, it was unusually brutal experience because of the booze. You got fucking swept by the Astros. You got swept by the Astros. Did you expect pats in the back, participation trophies? Like, what's going on here? This is fucking bizarre. What? Yeah. I mean, if it was brutal for you, I mean, I was there till 1230 in the morning. Imagine paying to get in the door to see that shit. You guys yeah. got paid to be there. People paid money to get and during a recession. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gas prices. Yeah. Jesus. Who fucking three hit? <laughs> yeah. You get three hit in game three. You're dropping fly balls in the center field. Rain delay in, in the fourth game. You know, you blow a three nothing lead. Fucking groin pull. Short stop air by ICAP, and it was brutal for you. It was brutal for you to get booed. Who do you think would have told their agent it was especially brutal this week? Do you think, like, but see, the thing is that people could have said that because it was, but it doesn't mean they're complaining about it. This could mean they mentioned, like, yeah, it was tough, like, it was tough this week. Yeah, they might, they, they might have very well said, we sucked, it was tough this week. Right, you could just you could kind of be taking it out of context what they said. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't read too much into it. I'm not gonna like shit on. I I don't know who knows. Sounds just striking out eleven times or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, I mean the whole team struck out what like fifty times in the ALCS. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I mean the brutal, the brutal. And I will if someone did say that. I mean talk about a brutal experience getting booed like the brutal experience is you got beat you got spacked you got spacked yeah. that's the brutal experience yeah I mean, to talk about the booze and like and who knows i, I don't know if it's, if it's a media driven thing or if this is like you know yankee pr yankee propaganda but like to make the fans the scapegoats is just oh, so weak pathetic. so weak yeah, don't make the fans look like the bad guys. Like you put this, you put out the product every year that does the same shit that peaks <laughs> that peaks in July, and then you know can't fucking find their own ass in October. Don't striking out every time his fans are assholes. Fuck you. Yeah, and Fuck then Andy Martino, he was on the, the baseball show on SNY. I think they do every night. Yeah, and. uh he mentioned something about how like the Yankees have people in place that like try and protect the guys from reading negative things on social media. I mean, like, just how, don't go on social media. Just don't go on. So like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you don't have to, you don't have to look right, for your you, name. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to look at your mentions. I don't right, know. It's like, you. What are you putting parental controls on their phone? Like they're grown, they're grownups. Yeah. 
I mean, I've always said, I know it's easier said than done. Who knows what would happen? But if I was one of these guys, professional ball player, like I just no social media. Yeah, nothing. I think it'd be. Uh, I don't think. Why would you need it? Like you're traveling the world. Like you have access to all this. All these. You're things. in contact. You're in contact with with your loved ones, the people you need to know, wife, girlfriend, kids, whatever. You know, parents. Those are the only people. That yeah. you need to be with friends, you know. There's no social media. Yeah, you want to read the news, it's fine. There's plenty of places to get your news at that your name's not going to be in. Yeah. You've, there's no reason to be on social media. None. None at all. I wouldn't be on I'll be, I don't. I don't think I'd be on it if I, if I had any kind of name. No, and the only – uh, the only thing I will say is a lot of these guys are younger, so they probably grew up with it. So maybe it's a little harder for them to give it up, the Instagram. And, and plus, Twitter. they want to brand themselves. Yeah, I guess. Sell, sell their brand. I don't know. It's a big part of it. Or some of them might just want to meet chicks, which I can understand. That's, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the kicker. That would see that would scare me the most, I think, because that's like that's everything you say is right there. So yeah, they, the guy, the guys in like the Jeter era probably had it had it much better. Yeah, because you could just oh, go yeah. out and do it. The mantle, you could go out and do it. The Mickey Mantle era had it much better. Well, the Mantle era, forget <laughs> it. Yeah, the Babe Ruth era. Yeah. Uh are you any? Are you sour on the team more today than you were the other day, or less, or where? Like, where are you? Just overall with the Yanks. I'm not less sour. <laughs> well, here's why I'm asking is because I see, like, I just kind of see this. It's going to happen the same way that it's happening every year, like. Whatever happens in the offseason, they'll justify. Like, Judge resigns before a ton of money, and that's why they can't get anybody else. Or Judge won't resign and be like, well, we need to spread the money around, and they'll spend it on something stupid. And be like, well, this is, you know, our new plan going forward. We, you know, we, we're, we have, we, 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 we're using those funds uh, to build, to build a, a new team, whatever. And it's really like, all right, that's how it is. And then they're going to go into the season. They're going to be a good, at least they're not going to be a terrible team. They'll be well, a decent team. What if team. Judge walks, though? You don't think it kind of blows up if Judge walks? Well, if, Ju- if Judge walks, like, do they yeah. go out and get Correa? And like, what? Like, what are they doing after? Like, if Judge walks, like, how? How are they using that money? Like, what are they going? What happens after that? Like, if Judge walks, it's huge. But here's the thing: like, you could you could sell me an idea of not re-signing Judge. If you you know to you to use those funds to rebuild the team, you know with just find two or three more pieces that would fit better. Whereas Judge would just take up a bigger chunk of the of the not even salary cap, but this is salary. Yeah. Um, you could sell me on that, but you can't sell me on this group of people figuring out what that formula is. No, uh, I, was, I have no faith in them getting the right combination of players without Judge. Like they need Judge. I mean, I was obvious they need Judge. Um. Without Judge, I'd I'd say Boone and Cashman are out of a job without Judge. But I mean, that's apparent that they, there's no plans for them to be ousted, no matter what happens. 
Um, they're just happy to be there. They've been happy to be there in the playoffs. It's like being guests in October. They don't have any. They don't have any delusions of being contenders for some reason. No, happy to just get there and play their series and go home. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, again, like without Judge, this is the, these are the guys who gave a t- like their big contracts go to guys like Donaldson and Hicks and Ellsbury. Um, I read and, Hicks. They're gonna they're gonna try and move Hicks this offseason. Just just leave him at sea. That's fine. Just take him. Just like that scene in move him into a retirement. Home, yeah, time and community. They should. I mean, Hex has no. He shouldn't be on a major league roster, let alone starting for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Uh, he might have been one of the guys complaining about how brutal it was. Yeah, he may have been one of those guys. He's been he's been booed for three months. But then, uh, I, but then I think like the thing is like everybody's going to forget, and it's going to be the Yankees. You know, maybe won't be great next season, but they'll be second place or fighting for a wild card and then it's just be like all right well now we gotta get behind the team again because we need to push because we've got to get there and once you get there you don't know what happens and then the right. script plays out and so but, many teams make it now i mean you could be a six seed and squeak your way in yeah and i just Philly's, these phillies <laughs> yeah hey you can you can get in and get hot but I, and i'll never take for granted to get into the playoffs i'll ne- i don't care how many times i know the yankees have been there like every year of my life but like i just I, I never take it for granted. Yeah, you, you got to get in there. You're you're there. I think the only year well, I didn't have a, didn't have a chance to enjoy it was was the like the wild card game lost to the Astros, the Keiko game. And oh, the yeah. So like that's the one time I didn't I watched that game and I was like I didn't have time to take it for granted. But it was like this was just we got here, but for what? Um, even last year losing to the Red Sox in a wild card game, it wasn't like that. I was I was pumped up for that game. Thought they had a chance. I know it was over before it started, but I just uh, is going to come out next year. And like I, I, I think Boone should be just ridden the entire season. I hope there's signs, Cashman signs in the stadium. Like it should just be. It, it, those guys should not have a moment of peace. I don't care if they start twenty-five and three; those guys shouldn't have a moment because <laughs> you know who's going to fuck it up: Boone and Cashman. Right, and they're tied to the hip, so they're they're one of the same. How, how mad do you think the uh, the old the uh, older guys are? The Jeters and the Moes. You saw they had to answer questions about. Yeah, like, but yeah, yeah, they they all handled it pretty classy, but I, they must be pissed. Like Jeters, like you know, Jeters had to make him sick to his stomach about two thousand and four, just thinking about it. But I mean, they, right? Well, they that the the post um, had kind of a misleading headline on that. I don't know yeah. if you saw it. Yeah, he was sickened by thinking of 2004, not because they used the post. It was a misleading headline. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't sickened uh, by the fact that they used it. He's just sickened talking about it in general. Right. He was like, I, you know, I'm not tuned in there. You have to talk to them, which is like his classic deflection line. Yeah. Uh, but when they asked him about Boone, he didn't say Boone should be f- fired or hired, or, you know, hired or whatever, fired. But, um, you know, he said like he's friends with Boone. He likes Aaron or whatever. Um, but when they asked him about Cashman, I forget how the, the reporter phrased oh. it. He was like, Do you think uh uh do you do you expect Brian Cashman to be back? And he was like, Why wouldn't I? Like, you got <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to ask Cal. 
maybe I'm reading too much into Jeter, but I, I feel like I've been studying the guy for, you know, quarter century. Yeah. Like that was his way of being like, yeah, why wouldn't he be back? Like he's can't lose his job. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he said, he threw, I, I you will never, when he came back for his uh, hall of fame night or whatever it was Friday night in September mm-hmm. and he was giving his speech I know Jeter, man. I'm telling you, I know the guy. He mentioned Brian Cashman by name, so he'd be booed. <laughs> he thanks Brian Cashman. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't even think he mentioned like his ex-teammates or like Tori or anything. He mentioned the Steinbrenner family. And I do think he genuinely likes Hal because Hal wasn't really Hal wasn't really a part of yeah. like the regime when he was there. So yeah. he probably like has a there's no business. There was never any business with Hal, you yeah. know? Yeah. It was like George passed away. The but boss's like, kid. Yeah, it, yeah. And it was like. Meaning his boss, time, not the boss. His boss's kid. Right. And if you listen, if you listen to when Jeter was negotiating his second contract, when he's talking about it, mm-hmm. and I think George had just passed away. So right. George is completely out of the picture. He, yeah. he passed on. You hear about Jeter negotiating his contract he talks about like cashman randy levine there's no mention of how how wasn't yeah. involved at all yeah. yeah yeah so that's why like he never like i don't how's not a part of what goes on right yeah which is part of the problem but like Absentee people landlord. need to understand like people need to understand like it's, brian cashman is the yankees he's yeah. the yankees he runs everything yeah he may have to run a few dollars and cents by how, but like, is there anything like, did he, does Cashman go to him last year with the Donaldson ICAF trade? Does he, does he no. have to run that by how? No, it's no, it's numbers for how it's just the numbers. That's I mean, that's really all he's looking at is what's on the books, what's coming off the books. It's coming, you know, it's, that's what he's looking at is the ledger. Right. He's a court, he's corporate. So I mean, yeah. he, he's not—he's he, not paying attention to the players in the field. He's just paying attention to the dollars and cents. He's an Excel guy. Like I know we want Cashman gone and everything, but can you imagine how like trying to hire another general? Like, <laughs> he's so—I I don't know. Like I see the guy interviewed, and he's just man. You're, like you're a billionaire. I mean, you come across like. Such a, like a, such a dipshit, like dweeb. Uh, Not I mean, dip, it's dweeb. He's it's family money. You know what I mean? It's came into. He was born into it. It's not yeah, his, it's true. He's not not know. a self made man. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I don't know, man. It just feels like it's just going to be more of the same. I just it just feels like whatever happens with Judge. Again, like I. You can tell me Judge peaked. He's never gonna have a season like this again. He's thirty-one next year, thirty-two, and he's mm. he, and he's he's only downhill from here. You know who knows if he'll stay healthy again. We've seen these big contracts. You could sell me on that. You could sell me on that. But they're not doing what the Astros did and filling from the back and having guys come up. Like this, this team has no idea how to handle rookies. We got a million prospects: Volpe's, Peraza. Yeah. Um, the what do you call it? The Dominguez, 
uh, oh, Arius. the alien, yeah, yeah, Arius was like an international, like a top international free agent or the top international free agent. They have all these guys, but I have no faith that anybody's going to pan out, even the guys I saw. Like, I liked Cabrera, I mean, I don't know what that guy's going to be. I mean, I just, yeah, I have no idea. You, I, I think he's got a sweet spring from the left side. I think he can play anywhere, which is nice. I think it'd be nice to see him play one place, like you know, old school baseball, call me crazy. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, might be right field next year. What do, he might be, but like, what do what what do I know like about how to scout these guys? I just like what I saw on the field. He seemed to he seemed to he, he struggled in the playoffs, but you know that's a, again a rookie there. You know, don't expect him to hit five hundred and carry the team or anything like that. But uh, you know, even like I don't, I don't have any guarantee these guys are going to pan out. How many guys have we seen come up, make an impact for half a season, then never make an impact again? So. Yeah, they're just broken from the top down. Mm, that's Organizational. Tough. Very flawed as an organization. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the only like hope is that they to put, put a team together that's too dumb to know that they're being led by morons. Yes. And play their way into a championship, just back like kind of full ass backwards into a championship. The talent take over and hope the managers and fuck it up one too many times in the playoffs. Yeah, the way the game's played nowadays though, it's really a lot of a lot of emphasis, a lot of a lot of pressure on the on the manager to push the right buttons. There's no more starter going eight innings and then giving it to your closer. No, I know. I know that. That's why you got to have a bullpen that you can rely on and you can go to whoever. The, I mean, Andrew Miller's, you know, retired now, but or he's retired, but he's not around anymore. But you need a guy who can go two innings in the middle. You need, you need a closer who can extend two innings multiple, you know, multiple times in the playoffs. So, you, you know, you just got to have the, the right talent in the bullpen that you can kind of lean on and hope that they have it, you know, for October. And again, luck into it. I mean, yeah, I use the Cubs all the time. I, they use Chapman, and they probably should not have won that series, but they <laughs> it was managed to lose, and they found a way to win somehow. If I went back and watched this series, I would say most likely Tito outmanaged Madden, probably. But uh, somehow they just they pulled the, the Cubs pulled it off. Yeah, they got hot there at the end. The Cubs. I mean, it still took them. So, so, they still went all the way, you know. It's still, it wasn't like they. It wasn't like they swept the Indians out of the park. No, but those last three games, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Those last three games, they just got hot. Schwarber went nuts. Yeah, and the and the Indians bullpen was uh, cooked by then. Miller was shot. Yeah, I mean Chapman was shot with a cut. Everyone's bullpen was shot. Yep. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a uh, – I mean, we know, like, Boone and Cashman have to go, but there's there's no, like, quick fix with this team. There's no, no. like, a free agent that's going to sign it. Or there's no there's no prospect that's going to come up and fix them. It's uh, – I don't know, man. If Judge doesn't come back, I think Rizzo probably will walk. I mean, it's, pr- it could get – it could get – It could get ugly. That's the problem with prospects – 
we're always waiting on them. And it's like, oh, okay, well, next year, next year, I'll figure out next year, next year, I have this guy up, next year, I have this guy up. And all that's when things will change. Well, if it's just a, if it's just a different group of prospects that's always coming up to change the change the team, like you, you don't have a team. Yeah. You're just, you know, you're waiting on triple and double A guys to backfill the triple and double A guys who didn't work out the last time. Still waiting on Debbie Garcia. I haven't seen him since he got pulled after the first inning, 2020. Yep. <laughs> Luis Heal. Yeah. We got her. Who knows? What oh, he was hurt? Been. All right. You yeah, have Tommy yeah. John? I don't know. Debbie Garcia. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's just. Yeah, you know, right. if people want the old guard to speak up, you know, Mo walked back his statements and like Jeter's not going to say anything too controversial. Throw like a jab at Cashman, maybe a to- you know, Tory's like not going to say anything. Yeah, what's our work? Tory was baseball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to like, give a few cocktails to Posada. He might fire off something. <laughs> he's the one. He's the one guy like about the O four thing. If you get like a few pops in him, who might really like rail. Against the organization. That's a good point. Because <laughs> I was waiting to see. Everyone was at the, the Jeter thing last night. And they CC the interview. I saw Judge. Yeah. Mo. And I was like, oh, it's Posada there. Like, <laughs> I got I to gotta see what he said about. Because he's like, you ask him to this day. Like, he's the one guy who doesn't play it down the middle or give you like the PC answer. He's like, yeah, I hate the Red Sox. Yeah. Like, he, just, he just comes out and says it, <laughs> which is why he was like, you know, like, who he was is like fiery, like captain, like guy, yeah. you know, on the field. Yeah. Uh, so that is the one guy I wouldn't mind hearing from. <laughs> All right. And uh, it's we- not for the record, people who want like the old guard to say something, it's like, it's not their fucking job. They did their time here. You know, that's like the one thing I actually have a little bit of sympathy for the new players is the fact that, and we do, and I do all the time, I'm guilty as charged, and I kind of feel like it's lazy when I do it, but it's still it's hard not to compare. But these guys are, like, are just being chased by a dynasty that happened, you know, 20 years ago, and that's everybody's memory is back there comparing these guys to them. And that, I mean, it's legitimately not fair because that team, those teams were – exceptional um and that's really once in a lifetime type shit i, that I agree that's not fair but like could they win one well also but also this it doesn't stop it, it, it being tough that doesn't have to be a, a yankees dynasty thing having some balls is not a yankee dynasty thing having some clutch is not a yankee dynasty thing that's all the shit i want in a baseball yeah. and that's and it'd be one thing if like they won you know one or two, and we were like, old team won four. Yeah, no. they won, you know, like I've been like, when, can they win one? Can they get to a world get series? To the series? Yes, yeah, yeah, even if they got to the series a couple of times and lost, it, it, it would suck, but you'd feel like they're they're on the right track, they're close. And but this is like, they just they just go and get smoked by the Astros every year mm-hmm. or the Red Sox last year, and it's just like we've done nothing to improve, we're the same place we were five yeah. years ago. I agree. It's definitely unfair, but it's also well, justified that, to boo Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I don't feel bad. I do, not, I do not feel bad for Josh Donaldson. No, being he's not being compared to fucking <laughs> Scott Brocious. No, no, he's no Greg Nettles. But I also think that's. I think that's why they. Like, I know the Jeter thing was going to happen this year at the stadium. Right, that was planned. 
uh, for uh, for COVID, I think. But then COVID, or maybe the Hall of Fame COVID. thing. Yeah, so it was probably after. Well, he got inducted. Oh yeah, last yeah, September, yeah. right? A year ago, September. Yeah. yeah. So that so they needed to. So that, I mean, that just kind of had to be this year. And I I wonder if they were really planning on retiring O'Neill's number or if they're like, we need to just kind of do something like that to show Judge, like, this is what we do here. Sticks around. There, he'll have a, you know, he'll have a day. And then the He's Hall, a right fielder. The Hall of Fame. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and the, the, I, who knows what they think. And, you know, the, yeah. so, so you see, like, the they see the number of retirement, the ceremony, then they see the, the people come out for Jeter and, you know, that's always, that's a big thing and crowd loves are like, look, this could and this, I, and this obviously that's gonna be part of the negotiations. I mean, that's part of the Yankees' allure. Is like this is your Yankee for life. You're Yankee. You do it right here. You're Yankee for life. Not you know, it's not just the years you're a player. Like Reggie's back. You know. Yeah. Gidry called after Cole Cole broke his record. It's like we're all connected here. The family. Um, yeah. I do. You think there's a little bit of disconnect because old timers day. I know it hasn't been around in a few years. It, it just came back this year. Yeah. But it's kind of a thin crowd. I wonder if there's some disconnect between uh, some of the old guys. Mm. Nettles wasn't there, I think. You know, they haven't gotten yeah. as. I know it's hard because some guys work, you know, like Mattingly's managing the Marlins and yeah. Brocious, I think, is like a third base coach somewhere. Yeah. So, like, guys, there are guys who, uh, you know, have prior commitments. I think I think if things were like wide open, I think there'd still be. I mean, you, you still got a ton of guys there. Um, at Old Timers Day pre-COVID, I think just people are a little different now that COVID happened. Yeah, it could be. But I mean, look, the Mets did an Old Timers Day this year, so there's no reason the Yankees can't. And yeah, they had, they had more guys time. show up. So and then and way got, more guys it, show up. So I don't even remember. Like I, I don't even know if Reggie was in spring training, but I know a few guys were in spring training. Right? Well, Reggie's working for Houston now. Oh well, goes to the winter. He's of course. he's gone. I that's I wonder. He had to have had some sort of falling out with, because he was always tight with George. Mm. I have no idea about the other guys like Levine and all those guys. Who knows? But he was always tight with George. I wonder if like once George was gone, Reggie just kind of. Like showing up, like I'm still getting a paycheck. He's probably getting some special advisor check or something. We have cut him out. Yeah, it could have been a how thing. I wonder. I wonder. Like Cashman doesn't really talk up the legacy of the Yankees at all. I just in my mind, Cashman thinks he is like the smartest guy in the in the room, no matter where he goes. I think. I also, yeah. I think he just thinks he's baseball. He's the Yankees. I think that's what he thinks. I don't think that I don't think he thinks about Mickey Mantle or Jeter or no. I, I but I think he does that by design. I think he's basically come out and said that in so many words that he's like, you can't let emotions factor into. He basically says he's a cold motherfucker and doesn't factor anything in. Yeah, that's like that's great for like Warren Buffett. But I don't give a fuck. Your emotions don't. I don't care. Like, yeah, don't make stupid decisions with your emotions. But make make good decisions with the resources you have. You have right. you know, third most resources money wise in the league, and you can't find a way to be in the top three at the end of the year. Like top two at the end. Right. Of the year. And I'm like I'm like the, in the Jeter doc. He would use just like stupid like business like terms that were like you know uh i'm pulling something out of 
left field, but like player value or net value when describing a player. And it's like, Brian, you're not running a fortune, you know, 500. You're not like, well, you you're are. not uh, well, is, buying, but... investing in a stock. You're not investing in a stock. Yeah. These are players. Yeah. And I think he's just like, his, his, I don't know. His brain is. Well, they look at him like that. They look at him like assets that can be, uh, they have a value placed on them rather than, rather than like have just, you got to know it. This guy's right for it. This guy's not right for it. You got to be right. guys. You got to see what their makeup is. You got to just. He's trading to... stocks, not players. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, like in the Jeter doc, they talked about meeting him and knowing like this guy just has the right makeup for it. Yes. And there yes. Was, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe yeah. I mean, he was a top rated prospect too course yeah. but you know but maybe there were some intangible uh, maybe, maybe there's some like skill set things that maybe he was lacking but they're like he'll figure it out like he's got the right makeup for it you don't really hear that now like oh this guy's got a plus a thing and he's got a plus b bet whatever it is it's, it's all graded and it's all graded and looked at like uh, like it's a video game mm-hmm. <laughs> makeup is important you know you, you don't you don't look at a guy's makeup you end up with uh Kadarius tony and yes. yeah, and he's going after a year and a half. Yeah, that's smooth transition. We got to take a quick break, and we'll come back and do our picks. All right, week eight in the NFL. I believe I have that white right. Week eight. Uh, I had a tough week last week. One and two. You went two and one, correct? Yeah, we are at uh, you're at eleven and ten on the season. Nice. I'm, tw- I'm twelve and nine. All right, over 500, over 500. Let's try and sustain that. You got to you gotta flip. Yeah, call it. Heads. It is a head. Heads is on a fucking run. I deferred last week and went one and two, so I guess I got to take it. Go for it. Now, let's see. Pick number one. Going back to our roots here, we'll take a home underdog i'm going with the saints getting a point and a half against the raiders uh you know raiders have what two wins this year denver and last week against the texans both at home haven't won a road game yet Uh, i wanted the saints to play winston this week it looks like they're going back to dalton but 10 days rest you know since that loss on thursday night football to the cardinals uh I just got to see more out of uh, the Raiders before we crown them. Everyone's on the injury report this week. I guess they're all going to play, though. Carr and Jacobs. I don't know about Waller, though. Waller might not play. That's, that could be a big loss. Um, but I just like the Saints at home here. I think Saints, uh, Saints cover, Saints win, pick number one, New Orleans. You know what that means? That means the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That means the man with no name. No, <laughs> it's straight to the picks. <laughs> this means for the first time this year, we're going head to head. All right. I am picking Vegas. I think Vegas is, yeah, they've only won the two games, but I think they're better than that. I think this is when they start to go on a little bit of a run. I think this. Uh, I think this is a high-scoring affair in New Orleans, even though Andy Dalton stinks. 
I think this is still going to, there's still going to be points in this game. I'm not completely high on Vegas. I just think they're better than a two win team. And I think they'll beat teams like New Orleans. I think they go in there and take care of business. Give me New Orleans with the point and a half. Or give me Vegas with the point and a half. Sorry. Geez, that's not good. So there you go. Little sound effects for you. All right. Pick number two, system play here. We're going to the NFC West. Other than the NFC Championship game last year, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G, that crew has owned McVay and the Rams. Uh, Rams are coming off a bye, which is advantage Rams. But I kind of like the fact that the Niners have gotten their ass kicked the last two weeks. I mean, an all-time Jekyll and Hyde team in the Niners. Oh, yeah. And now people look at this game and they're like, the Niners are favored on the road. First of all, it's going to be all Niners fans. We know that. The Rams mm-hmm. have five fans. There's like four more than the Chargers have. And uh, I just, I just got to ride it. I just got to ride it until until McVay beat Shanahan in the regular season. I mean, it's ridiculous. Again, other than the playoffs last year, Shanahan just run circles around McVay. So, uh, big game, right? Three and four versus three and three. Mm-hmm. Seahawks are in first place right now, so loser of that game could be reeling. Um, gotta go, gotta go, Niners. Rams haven't shown me anything this year. I think the Niners, uh, McCaffrey now. I think they take care of business, beat the Rams. Okay, one and a, minus one and a half. Okay. Well, we are in the midst of a bizarre football season so far. It's very weird. Black is white, up is down, dogs and cats living together. It's uh, everything's weird. Everything's weird. So I'm going to go with a weird pick that you could, that you would six, eight weeks ago, you'd say you're fucking crazy for taking this game. If you looked at this game beginning of the season, you, I told you I was going with today, you'd say there's no fucking way. You're, you're 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 out of your mind, and I might still be out of my mind. I might still be out of my mind, but for the first time in a long time, the New York Jets have some fight in them. I don't know what it is. I don't quite have a feel for that team. I don't know about the quarterback. I'm not sure he can win when he needs to like be in a little bit of a shootout. But he's got New England coming in there. Fresh off getting waxed by the Bears. New England's ripe for the picking. Again, I know Belichick's owned the Jets for lifetimes, multiple lifetimes. He's owned them. He might own them in the next lifetime for all I know. But this is the one time you got New England going in to New York and the the Jets are a a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Give me the Jets. Give me the Jets. There's no, they don't know what's going on in the quarterback. Bailey Zappi looked good for a, a couple drives and then fell off. Mac Jones is hurt. Who knows what they get? He's starting, right? I think he's starting. But Mac, yeah, 90% of the snaps he but took who, this in practice. But who knows what they get out of him? He did not look good when he was in there. He did not look healthy when he was in there. Um, short week. This is this is prime time for the Jets. This is this is a are you a same old Jets team, or are am I going to see some receipts from Robert Sala after the game? Give me the Jets. Ride with the Jets. It's a fun pick this week, and this might be the last time you have a chance to have a fun pick with the Jets because after this it might be all pain. But this could be, you know, keep things rolling. 
Let's go Jets. Two and a half points. They're getting two and a half? They're getting it. Yep. All right. Need a third pick. Need a third one. There's any year they're going to beat New England this year. So yeah, we, you would think. You would think. Not even because I would, of like I, would have, I would have taken. I would have taken New England if they had covered Monday night. I would have had to ride them, but they're pushed aside now. They're in the penalty box. Jets defense looks pretty good. Uh and the fact that they went out and got as soon as Brees Hall got hurt, they went out and got a replacement for him, a guy who was the number one guy in. Jacksonville for like the first three or four weeks and look pretty good. That shows me they're serious. That shows me they think they can make some noise. I don't know if he's going to have any impact this week, but just just it shows me where that team's head's at right now. And I, I, gotcha. I, I think that's a good thing for that team. So go get them. Pick number three, right. Grant, coming up. Where is he going? It's a weird week, man. Ah, I, have t- I have two teams, but I'm I'm gonna go with the one I have. I'm gonna go with the one that's a better football team. I hate taking this team. I'm not sure. I think I, I think I picked them week one, and I have not been back since. I'm taking the Vikings laying three and a half against Arizona. Okay. I think Arizona may have thrown people off the scent ten days ago when they spanked Andy Dalton and the Saints. Mm-hmm. who I'm going to trash right now, even though they were my first pick leading off <laughs> with them. Um, I mean, this is a step up in class for Arizona. I know they had the time off, but, you know, this is not Andy Dalton. in pro- Oh, that's what I should have. That's the point I should have made with the Saints is Andy Dalton at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucked up there. True. Anyways, <laughs> beating Andy Dalton in prime time. Very different than playing Kirk Cousins, another anti-primetime guy at 1 o'clock. I think people might be – and the Vikings are also coming off a bye, which if this coach is worth anything, you know, come up with a little bit of a game plan here, O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe people are giving the Cardinals a little bit too much credit for that win. I understand the, the hesitation to make the Vikings too big of a favorite because they're the Vikings. They had to escape wins at home against the Lions, against the Bears. That Dolphin game, they weren't that great in. I think this could be when people overthink, take the Cardinals here, and the Vikings maybe put a put a beating on them. You know, Kyler screaming at Kingsbury. Are they going to – I mean, what are they, three and three, the Cardinals? They're three and four. Are they going to be a 500 team after this? I mean, that feels like a team that's just dying to just – implode they're dying to implode and i think the beginning of it might be uh might be this week vikings are also two and four against the spread things got to have to have a way of evening it out so i think i could see the vikings big here very cautious i'm cautiously optimistic because this is typical close game fourth quarter cousins has to do something in a game that they should be winning by more but i'm cautiously optimistic that the vikings go out there and win this game by double they're just better team Better team. Yeah. So Vikings minus three and a half. These are two teams that they have a penchant for a lot of like dissension. I mean, you got Kingsbury and Kyler. Justin Jefferson's always like shaking his head on the Minnesota sidelines, like (laughs) in the end zone when he gets overthrown, shit like that. So, but Minnesota does have a a way of 
turning it on occasionally and looking like a real football team. So we'll see. Uh, my pick, my third pick. Now, Chicago played a hell of a game on Monday night. They looked, they looked every bit the part of like an up-and-coming team, right? They just looked like they maybe they had something going, but I think that was their peak. That's their season peak. They went, they traded uh, Robert Quinn afterwards. That was like now, now they are in, they had their moment. Now they're in building mode for next year. Some something is something's off there. Talk about talk about the, the, the Jaguars and I'm talking about the Jets and how they trade with the Jaguars. And that shows me that they have a little bit of faith in this team. Trading Quinn away this week, the Bears. It feels like that they, oh my God, Brady in the press conference looked like a, this is ridiculous. He's a corpse. Are you still on Amazon on? No, I don't. He looks skinny. Oh, his hat looks like he borrowed his dad's hat and it's too big for his head. Our pet's heads are falling off. Yeah. Tom Brady's heads are falling off. Um, and they go into Dallas, and I think Dallas is for real. I know Elliot's not playing, but I don't think that matters. Um, they still have enough weapons. They could put up some points, but I think the defense, I don't think the defense shies away from what the Bears did on, on Monday night. I think as defense is for real. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. And I think they come out and put a hurt, little bit of hurting on the Bears. I think the Bears at their moment against a team that's not very good, that's middle of the pack team. Um, it's fun because it was Belichick. It's fun because it's the Patriots. It's fun because what they've done for the past two decades. But uh, the, the Cowboys are a little bit more of a upper echelon. They're not a, they're not a top top team, but they're not the Patriots. All right, they ha- and they have a top two defense in the league. Is that fair to say it? Top two, top would be the best. Um, they're great, and I don't think the Bears are going to put up points against them. I think there's turnovers. I think that Dak kind of finds his footing a little bit this week, and they put a little bit of a hurting on Chicago uh, to two and of at least a two touchdown victory. So that's why I'm going with Dallas, nine and a half points at home against Chicago. Yeah, I like Dallas in that game. I just don't want to lay that many points with Dak. Dak worries me. I'm not I heard against, this against the Bears. It does, doesn't worry me against the Bears. I mean, any kind, anytime you put your name, put your word behind a team, it concerns you. But uh, I'm those, I, against I the Bears. I heard on a, on a podcast. I think it was a podcast that Dak handpicked the Lions to come back against. <laughs> Good sounds about right. Well, the thing is, if there's any kind of problems, they just bring Cooper Russian, and uh, then there's no problems. Yeah. I just uh, – I don't know. That told me all I need to know about Dak. He had a big game with the Eagles, man. He could have been in first place. He wasn't ready. Yeah. And you, any um, – any, Oh, uh, honorable mentions? Uh, yes, I almost – whoops. Oh, sorry. Was that, oh, I thought that was me. No. Uh – I don't know why this game stands out to me. I like Carolina catching four in Atlanta. You know, if Atlanta, mm. if Carolina wins that game, we got a log jam up top the NFC South. Unbelievable. The Carolina Panthers will be in first place. 
And if the Saints beat the Raiders, then we got a four-way tie. I just want chaos. <laughs> that that's yeah. I'm I'm down for chaos. That would be fun. Um every I just team... think Atlanta Atlanta's been unbelievable against the spread. That has a way of evening out if you look at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams like hover around five hundred. Yep. Uh I just I don't know. Like sometimes addition by subtraction. Like Matt Rule's not there, Baker's not there. These guys can kind of just play like fast and free. Atlanta's overachieved. Carolina's probably underachieved. They're getting four. They can lose by a field goal. I almost made it my pick, but I was like, just go with the better teams. Don't pick the fucking Panthers. Um, do you think Denver goes to London ready because Russ was doing <laughs> leg warm-ups on the plane? Man, they must hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I I thought about Denver, but that that's like an un, that's the unbettable bowl, unwatchable, literally unwatchable, uh, and unbettable. I would lean towards Denver only because they're getting points, and the Jaguars might be like thirty second in the league in teams you want to bet on. Jaguars got a couple. I watched. I rewatched the fourth rewatch. I watched the fourth quarter of Giants Jaguars uh, last night. Yeah, because it was on NFL Network. A mm-hmm. couple spots there where Peterson could have challenged a bad spot. They got games different. Mm. They were up 17-13. It was second and like ten. Mm-hmm. They ran like an end around. Yeah, there was looked like one. he got yeah. looked like he got the first down. Yep, third and one. Then they handed off and it looked like they got the first down. Fourth down and Peterson was like talking to the officials about how he thinks he got the first down, never threw the challenge flag. Looked oh, so up, yell, he, was, he was actually yelling at him about what happened on third down when they went for him fourth down. Yeah, they yeah. look up. They only had one timeout. Got to have your timeouts, Doug. Yeah. Then you could challenge a spot. Yeah. So, Or else that game is probably different. Um, oh, yeah. That's, so that's, that's, that's my Jaguars insight. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would lean Denver, though, just because they're getting points, I guess. Just give me the team that's getting points in that game. It's a horrible game. Yeah. Literally unwatchable. That was a good line. Literally, literally unwatchable. Very good. <laughs> literally unwatchable. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. <laughs> uh, Green Bay, Buffalo Sunday night. I mean, that's one of those games that they scheduled early in the se- you know, in the offseason. Yeah. Like, oh, primetime matchup. And then Green Bay just goes in hoping to not get embarrassed. I guess you got to just. I guess you have to take Buffalo coming off a bye. The only thing that would worry me, we haven't seen it all year, so why do we see it now? But if Rodgers comes out and has like a little bit cooking and you're getting 11 with Aaron Rodgers, then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. If he just comes out and Lazard's not – I mean, it's very unlikely, but if he comes out and is like hot on that first drive and he's like seven for seven, leads him down the field touchdown, you're going to be like, fuck. Yeah, you want to be behind him. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, that's yeah, any 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 big spread. Uh, I don't see Buffalo's defense allowing that. But eleven and a half is a big number. Uh, yeah, but Buffalo is out to hurt people this year, I think too. So who knows? Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati hasn't played in prime time yet, have they this year? Or maybe maybe Thursday Monday night. night. Oh, Thursday. They Thursday night against the Dolphins. Oh, well, we have a Monday night against Cleveland. See if they're back, even without Jamar Chase. Still, still a dangerous team. Hey, everything I'm seeing numbers. Well, I mean, I love a primetime home underdog. 
Looks like three quarters of the money's on the Bengals. So this to me would be an automatic Browns play, but I would take the Bengals. The Browns. Yeah. I'm taking the Bengals. Everything yeah. everything in front of me is saying the Browns are the bet, but I can't take the Browns. Except for the name on the jersey. Yeah. Yes. Uh all right. What do you think about your team? Three and a half point favorites in Detroit. I mean, they should be able to put up points on that Lions defense. Uh, road games always worry me, though, especially shit fucking team. Mm-hmm. Detroit's a thorn in people's side. Like they, they, right. they, just, they just find a way to be annoying. And The Dolphins will come out hot on offense, and then something – Something will fuck up. They'll score on their first drive, and then it'll get it'll get ugly. And then, what do you think about the Giants head to Seattle? Three point dogs. This this is this is a tough one. I I want to take the points. I think, but the full three, the full three. Makes me think Seattle's the play, but I thought that about Jacksonville last week too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of. I really don't. I don't know what to make of the Giants, but I really don't know what to make out of Seattle. Yeah, I'm more like the Giants being six and one is is surprising. I think I'm actually more stunned. Seattle's four and three though, as crazy as that sounds. I can't believe they're four and three with Geno. It's yeah, it's crazy. I think this dude. Think about this. Pete Carroll, the life Pete Carroll is living right now yeah. is like what Belichick envisioned when him and Brady separated. Well, I mean, he had Belichick had success to the he was at least four and three. It's just surprising success with, with Carroll. I think with, with Belichick, we expected him to be like eleven and two like off the bat. And well, I, yes, of... but I think, but I think Belichick's wet dream was I'm going to keep winning, and Brady. Oh, yeah, Brady. The, Brady, Brady won a Super Bowl. Yeah, like any that... Patriot fan, like who you know. All right, Brady looks like he's finally shot, but yeah. like, let's be honest, Brady won the divorce. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, this the first year. That's the, him. Him being as good and that Tampa winning was. But the rust thing, you're right. That's the, that's the Belichick wet dream right there. M- more so than him yes. being successful, the wet dream was yeah. was, yes. Russ, was Brady driving his teammates nuts on on airplane trips and losing. Mm-hmm. That's a good, yeah. That's very true. He is living the Belichick life dream. Did not see it coming. <laughs> I think I just I gotta as a giant fan, as a, as a fan, House of Horror, Seattle. I, I, well, as a fan, I think they go in there and they find a way, and Dayball finds a way. But as a football fan, I think this might be just one of those kind of back down to earth games. And like, you know, it's a trip out west. It's Seattle's. I don't know. Seattle's a lively team, and it's it second, just second straight road game. Yeah, and it just feels like just feels like a bad spot. Um. You, you know you don't win you don't you don't win forever you don't you know a four you know, on a four game winning streak um every game that they win is close it's not it's not like they go out and blow teams out i just think like this is one where they don't quite have it and there's it's maybe a little bit off i, I think they might you know, they, they could very easily rebound 
from it. It's nothing like debilitating for the team, but it just feels like a little bit, you know, the magical run will kind of end. I mean, maybe not end, but it's just, you know, one of those things where you realize, all right, it's not going to be as easy. It's not as easy as it looks. Like, it feels like it's too easy right now. I feel like this is yeah. it kind of knocks some sense into you. But as a fan, I think they got a good shot to go in there, disrupt Gino. Um, Kenny Walker's not running all over the place. I feel like they, you know, they, they bottle him up and Saquon runs all over the place and he's able to keep him, keep him in the game. And Jones plays error-free football and, you know, they pull it out in the end. So that's how I feel as the fan of me, but. You know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Seattle, tough at home. We'll see. All right. All right. That's it. Those are the picks. I got uh, Vegas. That's head-to-head with you with New Orleans. I got Vegas one-half-point favorites there. I have the Jets, two-and-a-half-point home dogs, and Dallas, nine-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday. I have the Saints getting one-and-a-half. I have the Niners laying one-and-a-half. And then I have the Vikings laying three and a half. No pushes this week for me. So that's it. Week eight. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, as always, for spending time with us here on Sunday 4. We will return on Monday night. We'll see you in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah we'll see you. Halloween night. Oh, yeah. Uh, until then, have a good weekend. Enjoy all the games. Don't eat too much candy. And uh, see you then.